to the Data Skeptic bonus feed, where we release extended content on data science, statistics, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. 4. Digital Computers The idea behind digital computers may be explained by saying that these machines are intended to carry out any operation which could be done by a human computer. The human computer is supposed to be following fixed rules. He has no authority to deviate from them in any detail. We may suppose that these rules are supplied in a book, which is altered whenever he is put onto a new job. He has also an unlimited supply of paper on which he does his calculations. He may also do his multiplications and additions on a desk machine, but this is not important. If we use the above explanation as a definition, we shall be in danger of a circularity of argument. We avoid this by giving an outline of the means by which the desired effect can be achieved. A digital computer can usually be regarded as consisting of three parts. 1. Store. 2. Executive unit. 3. Control. The store is a store of information and corresponds to the human computer's paper, whether this is the paper on which he does his calculations or that on which his book of rules is printed. Insofar as the human computer does calculations in his head, a part of the store will correspond to his memory. The executive unit is the part which carries out the various individual operations involved in a calculation. What these individual operations are will vary from machine to machine. Usually, fairly lengthy operations can be done, such as multiply a very large number by another very large number. Multiply one ten-digit number by a second ten-digit number. But in some machines, only very simple ones, such as write down zero, are possible. We have mentioned that the book of rules supplied to the computer is replaced in the machine by a part of the store. It is called the table of instructions. It is the duty of the control to see that these instructions are obeyed correctly and in the right order. The control is so constructed that this necessarily happens. The information in the store is usually broken up into packets of moderately small size. In one machine, for instance, a packet might consist of 10 decimal digits. Numbers are assigned to the parts of the store in which the various packets of information are stored in some systematic manner. A typical instruction might say, add the number stored in position 6803 to that in 4302 and put the result back in the latter storage position. Needless to say, it would not occur in the machine expressed in English it would more likely be coded in a form such as a 10-digit number. Here, the last two digits say which of various possible operations are to be performed on the two numbers. In this case, the operation is that described above. Add the number, dot, dot, dot. It will be noticed that the instructions take up 10 digits and so form one packet of information very conveniently. The control will normally take the instruction to be obeyed in the order of the positions in which they are stored, but occasionally an instruction such as, now obey the instruction stored in position 5606, and continue from there, may be encountered. Or again, if position 450 contains zero, obey next the instruction stored in 6707. Otherwise, continue straight on. Instructions of these latter types are very important because they make it possible for a sequence of operations to be repeated over and over again until some condition is fulfilled. But in doing so to obey not fresh instructions on each repetition, but the same ones over and over again. To take a domestic analogy, 
Suppose mother wants Tommy to call at the cobbler's every morning on his way to school to see if her shoes are done. She can ask him afresh every morning. Alternatively, she can stick up a notice once and for all in the hall, which he will see when he leaves for school, and which tells him to call for the shoes, and also to destroy the notice when he comes back if he has the shoes with him. The reader must accept it as a fact that digital computers can be constructed, and that they have been constructed according to the principles we have described, and that they can, in fact, mimic the actions of a human computer very closely. The book of rules which we have described our human computer is using is, of course, a convenient fiction. Actual human computers really remember what they have got to do. If one wants to make a computer mimic the behavior of the human computer in some complex operation, one has to ask him how it is done and then translate the answer into the form of an instruction table. Constructing instruction tables is usually described as programming. To program a machine to carry out an operation A means to put the appropriate instruction table into the machine so that it will do A. An interesting variant of the idea of a digital computer is the digital computer with a random element. These have instructions involving the throwing of a dice or some equivalent electronic process. One such instruction might, for instance, be throw the die and put the resulting number in store 1000. Sometimes such a machine is described as having free will, though I would not use this phrase myself. It is not normally possible to determine from observing a machine whether it has a random element, for a similar effect can be produced by such devices as making the choices depend on the digits of the decimal for pi. Most actual digital computers have only a finite store. There is no theoretical difficulty in the idea of a computer with an unlimited store. Of course, only a finite part could have been used in a finite amount of time. Likewise, only a finite amount can have been constructed but we can imagine more and more being added as required. Such computers have special theoretical interests and will be called infinitive capacity computers. The idea of a digital computer is an old one. Charles Babbage, Lucasian professor of mathematics at Cambridge from 1828 to 1839, planned such a machine called the analytical engine, but it was never completed. Although Babbage had all the essential ideas, his machine was not, at that time, such a very attractive prospect. The speed which would have been available would be definitely faster than a human computer, but something like a hundred times slower than the Manchester machine, itself one of the slower of the modern machines. The storage was to be purely mechanical, using wheels and cards. The fact that Babbage's analytical engine was to be entirely mechanical will help us to rid ourselves of a superstition. Importance is often attached to the fact that modern digital computers are electrical, and that the nervous system also is electrical. Since Babbage's machine was not electrical, and since all digital computers are in a sense equivalent, we see that this use of electricity cannot be of theoretical importance. Of course, electricity usually comes in where fast signaling is concerned, so that it is not surprising that we find it in both these connections. In the nervous system, chemical phenomena are at least as important as electrical. In certain computers, the storage system is mainly acoustic. The feature of using electricity is thus seen to be only a very superficial similarity. If we wish to find such similarities, we should look rather for mathematical analogies of function. Data Skeptic is a listener-supported program. To support the show, visit dataskeptic.com and click on the membership tab.